Hello, and welcome to the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast. I am your host, the anxiety nutritionist, gut and hormonal health expert, yoga and meditation teacher, and cat mom, Taylor Jandro. And this podcast is designed to show you how to relieve and resolve your chronic anxiety through the powerful combination of food, lifestyle changes, targeted supplementation, gut and hormonal health optimization, nervous system regulation, yoga, meditation, mindset, lifestyle coaching, and more. And today, I invited May, the founder of Vellum Health, to come on and talk to us about how microdosing with psilocybin-based products can help change our thoughts and behaviors. So I have personally been microdosing psilocybin in combination with adaptogenic mushrooms and herbs since January 2022, and I have partnered with Vellum Health because I personally use their products and I love them. I'm like obsessed with their products. They're so great, and I cannot wait for you to try them. Vellum Health was created four years ago when a mycologist and a psychologist began making psilocybin and adaptogenic mushroom products to support their optimal mental health. And then this interest quickly spread to their friends and their family. And now the goal is to make this valuable tool safe, accessible, affordable, and easy to use for as many people as possible. Vellum products are organic, vegan, ethically produced, they use biodegradable packaging, and they're GMO, soy, and gluten-free. All things we love over here in Breaking Up With Anxiety land. And if after today's episode you want to try some of their stuff for yourself, I have linked their website in the show notes and you can use code TAY10, so all caps, T-A-Y, the number 1010 for 10% off all your orders. Okay, let's dive into the episode and discover the magic of microdosing. May, welcome to the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast. I have been waiting, it feels like months to do this. So I'm so excited that we're finally sitting down to talk about all things mushrooms and microdosing. Me too. Thank you so much. I've really been looking forward to this uh, and not just because we're kind of named twins. Um, <laughs> I'm super excited to share what I've learned about microdosing. Amazing. Okay. Let's just dive in and let's, I want to hear your company story because your partnership is super fascinating. When you reached out to me, that was one of the first things that really stuck out. And I'm like really picky about companies that I work with. I actually only work with Mm -hmm. three right now, including you. Um, And I get a lot of people reaching out, but I'm very, very picky. I'm like, it has to be a product that I love that I use, which I do. And I can't wait to jump into the products and talk Mm -hmm. about those more. But let's give us a little background who you are, how this came to be. For sure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your encouragement and support. We, my business partner and I, um, both share a love of personal development work, I would say. Um, He's neurodivergent and my background is in mental health primarily. So he's from a family of mycologists. Um, They've been growing commercial and restaurant mushrooms and doing experiments with um, like psilocybin mushroom cultures for about the last 35 years approximately. So he's very well-versed in that and is kind of like a foodie gourmet person. And then also struggles with ADHD. um, So has been using microdosing for that. And then I am just finishing my master's in counseling. So I've just been learning about um, neuroplasticity, you know, how, what it takes for people to change, how to support mental health, 
Um, and so these two things came together within microdosing, essentially. My primary interest is mechanisms of change, you know, so how to support people to change difficult behavior or thought patterns. Um, and microdosing has kind of emerged as this really cutting edge and effective kind of tool in that. Yeah. So that's a little about us. <laughs> I actually have been microdosing for not this January, last January, so a year and a bit now. And the reason that I got into it, I wish that I had known about it when I was really struggling with anxiety and panic and depression, especially mm -hmm. when I was transitioning off medication, because, and we'll talk about this, but I've been reading some really cool research about how it can support the like transition off SSRIs. Mm -hmm. um, I mm -hmm. actually took a continuing education summit all about microdosing and I'm still working through all awesome. the all the lectures and stuff because I couldn't make it to all of them. So I, I like bought the lectures so I could like rewatch yeah. them. Anyway, I started it specifically for the neuroplasticity aspect. So why don't we jump into it starting there? What is neuroplasticity and how does microdosing help with that? For sure. Um, I am obviously not a scientist, so this is kind of the layman's way that I explain Yes, no, that's people, perfect. But... That's perfect. Okay, we perfect. like layman's terms yeah. on this podcast yeah. because most people that's... who are listening are not scientists. <laughs> exactly. And um, so essentially, my understanding is that, well, any of us, if you've ever had unwanted thoughts, feelings, emotions, or behaviors in your life, you know that it's very difficult to change those kinds of patterns particularly repetitive, unwanted thoughts can be extremely challenging, even with medication, even with therapy. If you've experienced that, I'm sure you, you and your listeners know that already. Oh, so yes. <laughs> why is that? Why is it so hard to change essentially? Because there are neurological patterns in our brain that are hard, that are being um, wired and strengthened every time we do something. And when we experience trauma, we experience chronic stress, we experience all, all kinds of sort of ongoing pressures, um, those patterns become extremely well-worn and hard to get out of. So it seems like, oh, it's just my brain, but there's a long, complicated series of kind of domino effects that happen within the body um, and the nervous system based on that. So there's a lot of physiological effects from those thought patterns. Even though it's something that's happening in our mind or its thoughts, there's also a big physiological impact from it. So it really affects all aspects of our lives. Um, how these neurological patterns are functioning in our brain really affects a lot of our well-being, our happiness, our relationships. It's a really big deal, our sleep in particular. So there's very few things that can actually help support the formation of new neurons in your brain, which is what's required to actually change our thoughts, feelings, behavior patterns in a more fundamental way, a way that lasts, a way that's long-term. Microdose, psilocybin in particular, and microdosing of two psychedelics in particular, uh, LSD and psilocybin, have been found to support the formation of new neurons in your brain. So what this means is that it's not a quick fix or a magic pill, but it means that it's a super powerful tool that does work over time, especially. And in, in particular, when it's combined with other things like exercise, sweating, minerals, um, deep sleep, uh, you know what I mean? The, these sort of more holistic um, things that support our wellness. Um, microdosing is able to really bring that all together and help us um, in a kind of immediate way get a mood boost and overcome kind of crippling feelings of depression or anxiety. And then in a more long-term way, 
by engaging our brains in neuroplasticity and giving us more choice in where our attention and our mind is going. I'm so glad that you said that, you know, in conjunction with the mineral support, the dietary changes, the lifestyle changes, the walking, the sleep, the et cetera, et cetera, because and it's nobody's fault, but we're kind of trained as a society. It's like the allopathic model to be like, we just need to take this one pill, whether that's a supplement or a medication, or we just need to do this one thing, like change your diet or, or exercise more. And anything in isolation isn't like, we need everything all together, right? That's really like what kind of creates this change. So I'm really, I'm really glad that, that you pointed that out because that's something that I was going to bring up and make clear that even though I love, love microdosing in no way, shape or form, do I think it's like a magic bullet and you still have to do the other things, but I think it can be extremely, extremely supportive. And when I think of neuroplasticity, I think of, you know, like those trenches that they would dig in the, in the world wars. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so like these trenches and these grooves are being dug in our brain and like shaped and molded, like maybe not exactly like that, but everything that we experience both, you know, positive or negative is influencing these trenches essentially in our mind. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if we're just repeating the same patterns and thoughts and looping on the same things, that trench is getting deeper and deeper. And we need to build like a new trench, <laughs> a different trench. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Totally Let's agree. talk about, so I have, I have my glow, my heal, my enhance. Let's talk about the different blends in these products and, you know, mm-hmm. specifically how they can support with anxiety, panic, and depression. So that's really my focus. And, um, what I help my community with. And I'd love to start by talking about the difference between the, um, like the penis envy, the B12 and the golden teacher, like specifically those mushrooms. And then we can talk about like the reishi and, and the lion's mane and stuff. Sure. For sure. Yeah. There's some debate about how much difference there is between types of <laughs> psilocybin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some customers swear that golden teacher is the greatest mushroom to ever exist. And some people think it's just like many other mushrooms, you know, so it's very personal. I will just say that I'll preface it with that. Um, generally penis envy and albino type of varieties of mushrooms are a bit stronger. So they tend to be a bit brighter more euphoric and a bit more psychedelic, I would say. Um, they can definitely be very activating mentally and physically. The other mushrooms I would say are a little bit more mild and golden teacher in particular, people love to use for energy, creativity, and like exercising, you know, before they go to the gym, stuff like that. And then my personal pre- preferred mushroom is, um, be positive. Be, uh, be positive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't heard of that one. I was like, Oh, at first I was like, is this yeah, a B it's... vitamin? And then I was like, no, <laughs> there's yes, no other. Exactly. No, it is here. confusing. No, it is confusing. I understand. It was a big learning curve for me, even beginning with this stuff. And I prefer B plus because it's, I find it very emotional. Like it brings mm-hmm. feelings to the surface. And I was like, Oh, but it's the best mushroom. And my business partner was like, a lot of people don't like that. They don't want like all their feelings on the surface. That's not like recreational for people. And I was like, Oh, okay. Hmm. So it really depends what you're doing with them is what I would say. Those are the main differences. 
And then the additional ingredients, um, I don't, are you familiar with the term stacking yes. and microdosing? That's yeah. yeah. Sort of power combining different yeah. supplements. So I and used herbs. to do like the Paul Stamets stack. Oh, really? Like the yeah. lion's mane, the niacin, the, the niacin, which is very hard to find like a, an appropriate dose of niacin. I it's, find it's niacin yeah. is intense. Yeah, like before intense. anyone starts that, I really need to warn you, like it is very heating. Oh yeah. I don't recommend anybody take niacin, especially if there's anxiety, especially if you have anxiety and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Very bad. But like, I am forever my Guinea pig and (laughs) I understand what I'm doing when I take niacin. And so I did kind of try to find a type that I liked, like, you know, non-flushing the right kind of dose. And I actually really struggled to find that. So I was just stacking, Mm -hmm. um, golden teacher. I've tried the albino one, but I have a friend who swears by golden teacher and anything else she's tried. She's like, no, not for me. Whereas I personally like, don't find that there's a big difference. So it is very personal and it's intuitive. Like I can't really explain it. It's just you intuitively- Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The golden teacher people and the people who think mushrooms are just mushrooms and they're fine and great. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, more preferential like that. I really recommend stacking tailored, tailored to, oh, sorry, just tailored to whatever's going on for you. You know what I mean? If you're having sleep issues, I would, I would stack with magnesium and GABA. You know, if you're having digestion issues, I'd get some apple cider vinegar and L-glutamine caps. You know what I mean? So I really recommend the stacking around what your personal goals are for microdosing. Because they really like my understanding from the preliminary research that I've been doing is that they really work very beautifully, like synergistically with other mushrooms, first of all. Um, but then other supplements, like you said, magnesium, GABA, things like that. So can you explain what went into the creation of these specific stacks for these three that I have, by the way, I think glow is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. That's a new product. Yes, I love it. I I thought that I was going to like enhance the best just because I love that there's lion's mane in it. Mm-hmm. Um and I like that stack, but it's it's glow. So I think when I have to order more, I'm going to order more glow and I'm just going to order lion's mane and just stack it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's perfect. Exactly. Okay, perfect. Glow is a really special blend that has um, like do- L- blue lotus is a dopamine agonist. Yes. So it's this incredible combination of being able to be like alert, but relaxed, like mentally alert, physically relaxed. Um, my business partner designed it specifically for addressing um, neurodivergence because of that kind of busy mind mm. and tense body combo. I'm really glad you're enjoying it. Yes. Okay. So penis envy is the psilocybin type mushroom that you use and then blue lotus extract and CBD. Why, why those three in combination? The penis envy is a slightly stronger mushroom. So there's a bit more euphoric feeling from it. Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of combated, you know, so that's bringing the kind of energy to it. And then that's sort of dulled slightly and there's more physical relaxation from the CBD. So it's like, it's that difficult combination of like being mentally alert and physically relaxed. And then the blue Lotus is also a semi the Egyptians used to use it as a bit of a hallucinogenic. Um, so it's kind of like a mild plant-based um, relaxant kind of a dreamy 
um, feeling, I would say. And we'll talk more into, you know, do you hallucinate or not on them? Just so everybody knows, I don't hallucinate <laughs> yeah. on these. It's funny because I've been sharing it with all my family and friends. Like I've been telling them for a mm -hmm. while, like you should try this. And uh, I was one of my guy friends, I'd given him a couple to try. And I, I texted him about a week later and I was like, oh, you know, how'd you like it? And he, he said, I haven't tried it yet because, you know, I go to the gym every day. And I was like, wait, you can still go to the gym. <laughs> you can do everything. Like I have friends who are mothers and they microdose, oh, yeah. you know, Tons. like, yeah, I know oh, that's yeah. There's no, a... parents of young children need microdosing. Badly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like super, why don't we actually talk about that before we come back to the other two blends? It's like, let's talk a little bit about, because I actually have known about this for a long time. Like I have a really good friend and colleague who has been microdosing and creating her own blends and her own stack. She's a mm. herbalist for a very long time. And so she's been telling me about it for years. And I was always skeptical. I was always just like, no, you know, I don't think that's for me. I'm not interested in doing anything where I could potentially hallucinate because of my history mm -hmm. of anxiety and panic. Yeah. That was a big concern of mine. Mm -hmm. And I had all those thoughts where I'm like, well, how do you like drive your car? How do you, cause I'm thinking like drugs, right? Like I'm kind yeah, of, of course. putting it in intoxication. In I think I'm yeah. talking, I'm thinking yeah. intoxication. I'm like, how do you do yeah. things? Like, how do you work? How do you do all these things? And she would yeah. always tell me, you know, it's not like that. It's not like that. And then I finally <laughs> tried and it's very much not like that. So maybe let's <laughs> yeah. unpack like maybe the stigma around psychedelics and especially microdosing psychedelics you know, and especially like in comparison to alcohol and kind of prescription pharmaceuticals and stuff. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like many people, I mean, I'm from the West coast and a very like lenient drug culture out there. So yes. when I was in high school, you know what I mean? I was out in the backfield, like picking mushrooms and <laughs> eating handfuls out of a bag, like many, and, you know, and then there's media movies, et cetera, portrayals of psychedelics. So I think for a lot of people, whether you, you know, tried drugs in high school or college or not, if you tried mushrooms um, or if you've just seen it on TV, it could seem pretty whacked out and pretty scary and definitely not something that would quell anxiety for sure. So even I was uncertain as to what the actual effect of doing such tiny amounts would be. Um, and that's probably the most common question that we get is am I going to hallucinate? Am I going to be able to take care of my kids? Am I going to be able to go to work? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes. No, you will not hallucinate. And yes, you will be able to do all those things. Definitely. I think that mushroom psilocybin was actually recently declared to be the safest substance in the world. Oh. Safer than any other drug, safer than, safer than cannabis, significantly safer than alcohol or any other drug. Specifically, I think because, um, it has anti-addictive properties. Like if you use it too much, you get no effect from it. So in many ways, most substances can be habit forming, including alcohol, cigarette, any of these substances, oh, street drugs, or yeah. yeah, very much, you know. Um, so I think that's kind of an element of why it was declared safe as well, but also overdosing or doing too much is um, uncomfortable, but not fatal in any way. Oh, that's and a really what I good tell people. Point. That's good yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah. 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 And there are ways to kind of sober up if you do eat too much. But I mean, what I tell people, and this is the actual truth, I obviously don't recommend doing this, but if one fell on the floor and like your cat ate it or a kid ate it or, you know, an elder person ate it, nothing would happen. They wouldn't even notice. It's literally like that. You know what I mean? And I feed them to my 71 year old parents. 
and I also eat them. So it's like uh, very, it's, I would, I consider it to be more low risk than alcohol consumption significantly. And so does the WHO or. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, whichever I, listen, I love alcohol. No, I don't love alcohol, but I drink alcohol. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I love a good spicy margarita in the summer with yeah. my friends. You know, I like a good red wine. Like I do drink, you know, a few times a month and I will still say that alcohol is straight up poison. <laughs> Yeah, in my opinion, like it's so like considering like how harmful it can be to our health and our long term health and that it's totally normalized. That's like a whole other conversation and a whole other issue that I just think it's wild that something like, you know, psilocybin, which has so many positive benefits, like I'm reading about the benefits on the microbiome. Like I, my big areas that I really focus on are like adrenal health, microbiome health, Mm -hmm, reducing mm -hmm. inflammation, regulating the nervous system, stress management from a Mm -hmm, body-based perspective. mm -hmm. And psilocybin Mm -hmm. helps with all of that. And alcohol doesn't help with any of that. (laughs) It makes it worse. (laughs) It does make anxiety symptoms worse, I find. Yeah. Um, Alcohol. Yeah. I totally agree. I was actually thinking today, like what is what is microdosing able to do? Like, what is it bringing to these situations? What it has, what does it have to offer anxiety? And essentially what it's doing is helping you build up capacity, like build up your capacity to be with difficult emotions, be be with difficult feelings, internal states, thoughts, and not be overwhelmed by them. Because essentially I think that a lot of anxiety and depressive symptoms come from these kind of overwhelming internal states. What do you think about that? Yeah. So I am, I'm obviously not a therapist, um, but I'm a big fan of exposure therapy, both for myself and, you know, my clients, for example, who have trouble driving cars and and they work Mm -hmm. with therapists on, you know, getting into the car and driving the car and kind of Mm -hmm. working through Mm -hmm. that, that fear. Um, So it's actually really interesting that you bring that up. And now I'm like, oh, maybe I should like try like 200 of the heel or something and see if that brings stuff to the surface because, <laughs> because I'm at a place now, like in 2011 to 2015, I was not in a place where I was ready to deal with difficult emotions already. I was already dealing mm-hmm. with stuff. And so for me to actively choose to bring emotions to the surface, to learn how to like somatically move them through my body and yeah. actually integrate them, that would not have been appealing to me then. Now it's very appealing to me. Now I'm like, ooh, how do I get better at feeling my emotions? Because we're not going to walk through this life not feeling emotions, right? Happiness, sadness, grief, anxiety, all these, Mm -hmm. these good and bad, even though I don't like calling emotions good or bad, um, but all these emotions. And so I was talking to a girlfriend of mine, the same one who really introduced me to microdosing. And she was talking about how THC really triggers anxiety for her, but she actually uses that as a tool to sit with her anxiety and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and ask herself, and I'm not recommending people do this. I'm just sharing a practice mm-hmm. that like a, mm-hmm. a colleague and friend of mine uses. And what you said reminded me of that, but psilocybin wouldn't do it in the same way as THC, where THC is really bringing like 
like for her, she describes it as like almost like her biggest fears and her paranoias are kind of like coming to the surface and she's practicing Mm -hmm. sitting with it and moving through Mm -hmm. it. And yeah, psilocybin like wouldn't be that strong, but I love what you said about capacity because learning to hold emotions and like not stuff them down and not run away from them is such an important tool for everybody, whether you have anxiety or panic or depression, it's such an important tool. It's just made that much more uncomfortable if you do have anxiety as well. Right. Cause yeah. like, you're just like, yeah. uh, I don't want to feel bad. <laughs> I don't want to feel exactly. like this. Exactly. Exactly. And it can, that's why microdosing is so incredible. Um, it can, you know, it can really work in the short term. You're like, I feel bad today and I want to feel better. And I have a big day. I'm going to eat this microdose and in half an hour, I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to actually feel better. And then it also works in a more long-term way where you're actually like, oh, this is how I'm feeling, you know, and the day you microdose the next day, the integration day, the awarenesses that come up, the way that you see your life, the way that you begin to shift does create more skills and more capacity to see what's going on, to know yourself and to be with these things. Even if your initial thing is like, I don't care about any of that, or I don't want to do any therapy or process anything. I just want to feel better. That's fine too. You can Mm -hmm. feel better. And long-term you will actually be able to develop these tools just from that, just from the experience of actually feeling better. Um, That actually brings me to another point, which is like, you know, probably very well that it's not enough to just know a lot of information or learn about what's wrong or understand what the problem is. If that was enough, we'd oh all God. just be completely Preach. fixed. We'd be so like, great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just like, reading, just learning, taking courses. This is not enough. No. And so what microdosing does is gives you an experience, a felt experience of feeling better, not a thought, not an idea. It's actually like an embodied sensation of what it's like to feel differently, even if it's only a second or a millisecond or a minute or five minutes, now you have an orientation to go towards, you know, that that's possible for you. That feeling is available. Yeah. It's 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 very different. It's giving you hope. Yeah. Like I think about what it was like when, when I literally couldn't function because of my mental health and I had to leave school and I could barely work. I was working like two days a week and I was like having multiple panic attacks a week. Yeah. And if I had had something like the only thing that gave me that release was Ativan. And I became like addicted to that because uh, benzos are highly addictive, highly addictive. Yeah. And my uh, psychiatrist recognized that and cut me off. And that really kind of sent me on this path. So super grateful for him and and for that journey. <laughs> But if I had had very ethical of him, very ethical therapist to have, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if I had had something like this, like a tool like this at the time where I could have had those glimpses, because what I remember feeling and what I know to be true based on the conversations I have with my clients is you just sometimes you don't get a break. Like you feel bad from Mm -hmm. the second you wake up to the second you go to bed. And you're literally just like, you're trapped. You feel stuck. You feel hopeless. You're like, I'm never going to get out of this. And so to have these, like, even if you said these glimmers, these moments of like, oh, I feel really good right now. That encourages you to keep going. And actually, I wanted to ask you. This is it. How, I know it's different for everybody. And this is like, 
you have to microdose and we can talk about the different like ways to do it, the different kind of protocols. Um, mm-hmm. How long in your experience mm-hmm. before people start to feel something? Cause for me, it was months. I would say, I would say it was probably like yeah. two months. And then I started to notice like this, I, I'll never forget. Have you read the book big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? No. Okay. I love it. I read it every year. And she talks about um, a poet who her name was Ruth something. And she used to work on a farm and she would describe that how she wrote poetry was she said the poems just came to her. Like she'd be out in the Mm -hmm. field and the poem would just like come to her and she would like run home. And if she didn't run fast enough, the poem would like outrun her. And I had a moment where I was lying in bed and a post for that day just like downloaded into me and I literally like threw myself out of bed I ran to my computer and I felt like I couldn't type fast enough because it was just like spilling out of me and I have never felt like that before and that was the first kind of moment that I was like oh like is this the micros and then the more I started to pay attention my creativity has it is just more like I am more creative and I feel like we kind of walk around in this world with our blinders on and mm-hmm. what microdosing has done has kind of like changed like widened my perception and I'm just like mm-hmm. noticing things and you said this you said you know it I can't remember exactly how you phrased it, but I'm just noticing things and I'm understanding things and I'm just seeing things. It's very subtle, but I'm just seeing things differently and I'm open to different things. And because I pair this with like a daily meditation practice, I do like hypnosis. I do like all these things to Mm -hmm. also support Mm -hmm. like neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's like, I'm just getting these downloads, you know, that, yeah. I'm like, and I have this conversation with my partner because he's a little skeptical and he's like, oh, like that's a placebo effect. And I'm just like, perfect. I, I love skeptics. I, I love skeptics. I'm like, you're going to listen <laughs> yeah. to this episode. <laughs> but, you know, he's like, oh, it's a, that's a placebo effect. And I'm like, okay, first of all, even if it was amazing, because I feel good. Yeah. I feel yeah. real good. If you feel like it off a placebo, well then giddy up. Give me more. <laughs> Also, I'm reading the research and I'm seeing like the other benefits that this has. And number two, I'm like, it's just not like I've lived my entire, I'm 32. I'll be 33 this year. I lived my whole life in this body and I can tell you that it's different now, but it's very subtle. And so I'm curious what timelines that you kind of know of in terms of how long people can expect before they feel something. Is there even a timeline? Excellent question. Really great points. Everything that you've raised. Um, So essentially, I would say just generally, it really depends on the severity of symptoms that you're working with if you're trying to address something specifically. Um, Secondly, if you are currently or have previously consumed antidepressants, they will interfere with the effect of psilocybin significantly. Okay. In what way? That uh, like it, you could feel virtually nothing, even from mm-hmm. like a large, like psychedelic dose. It really depends. So, or you may just need more of like 500 milligrams is like a microdose for you. You know, a normal microdose is like a hundred, 150, 200, you know, so 500, 250 to 500 is more of a recreational dose. So you may need a bit more, but as far as what you're describing, 
people often ask like, oh, well, what am I going to feel like? Like, what is it going to be like? You know, how, what is it going to be? Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, what nothing. I tell them is, you're just going to feel good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What you're going to feel nothing, the, but you're going to feel good. <laughs> exactly. What I tell yeah. them is it's actually the absence of something yes. that you didn't even know was controlling your life. Yes. Many of us are actually in an abusive relationship with our mind. Oh God. Yeah. Our mind is so mean yeah. to us. So it's like all these little mean girls. criticizing just everything. And this isn't good enough and that, and the worry and the stress and why aren't you? And why don't you? And this, that, the other and comparisons. And so what microdosing actually does is causes that to just quiet down and step into the background. And when that happens, that's when your actual self is there. You know, our creativity is there. Our innocence is there. Our childlike wonder is there. You know, it's without that. It's that thing, that constant yammering that's keeping us from accessing that stuff is what I believe. So yeah, essentially, childlike yes. wonder. I just want to say this before I lose this thought. Um, <laughs> I go for walks every day and yeah. I will literally be on walks and I'll be like, the trees are so pretty. <laughs> I'm just like looking yeah, around. It's like that. I've literally, like that. and I'm You're like, like the sound of the birds is incredible today. <laughs> yeah, like, like I was it? driving it's to that. my mom's one time and I was like, this is a beautiful drive. Like I'm having more <laughs> moments like that. You know, yeah. like I would have yeah. had this that moment like few and far between. And now I'm having so many yeah. more moments where I'm just like, I look at the plants in my house and I'm just like, you're so pretty. <laughs> I'm so glad you exist. Yeah, it's yeah. this appreciation. It's yeah. this gratitude. Gratitude. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a sense that that we have the things we have are a blessing instead yeah. of this huge burden, this huge annoyance that life feels like sometimes. You know, you know what it feels people... like? A sense of wonder <laughs> and awe. Like I have more yes, exactly. moments of like awe. Exactly. So when are you going to feel like that? It really depends. Um, generally, about three months you know, to notice, to really be like, wow, I reacted differently or wow, I didn't engage with somebody when they tried to pick a fight or wow, I just didn't go and get, pick up that drink or whatever, you know? So generally I'd say about three months, what you can do <clears throat> if you want to speed things up is you can take a recreational dose and I do recommend it. Um, so once you've gotten comfortable with microdosing, you know, you're enjoying it. Maybe you've tried 150, 200 milligrams. I would take a day, an afternoon, a few hours, whatever you love to do, get outside, have a bath, go swimming, work out, go dancing, go to dinner, see your girlfriends, play with your dog, anything that you Literally love. Literally anything. Anything. Yeah. 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 Anything that you love, whatever that is, that's like caring and respects people's boundaries, et cetera. You know what I mean? Yes. But yes, whatever yes, brings yes. you joy and happiness, <laughs> combine that with a recreational dose and ideally someone to share it with, you know, have some laughs, be outside, anything that makes you feel alive, comforts you, energizes you, whatever it is, and do that paired with a recreational dose. So it's kind of like accelerating that experience of joy, gratitude, et cetera, that North Star potential for you to go towards. So that's what I recommend for people if you want to get a bit of a jump start. And then I was just actually talking to someone else, and um, they were saying that they were thinking just recently about how they were in the summer and how their anxiety symptoms showed up in the summer. And I was kind of talking to them last month. So that was about six months. And they said that they had noticed a major difference when they were thinking back to what it felt like to have serious anxiety in the summer. And then what it felt like now after six months of kind of, you know, and she wasn't regularly microdosing. She was like 
you know, one or two days here if I felt stressed. And then on the weekends, I'd go out with my girlfriends, you know, so two to three days a week or two days of microdosing, three days of microdosing, and then a recreational dose once or twice a month, maybe, you know, so it wasn't planned. It wasn't scheduled, but she said that just her ability to function in an everyday way and how it was to wake up every day was so vastly different. Um, and like you said, it's hard to pinpoint what it actually is. And I really think it's more the absence of things and then the ability to be really present to your life and just like doing it instead of constantly distracted and overwhelmed by these thoughts and feelings. Which is huge when you have anxiety and panic. One of the biggest things that I felt and that I hear all the time is like, you're not present ever. You're never present. Mm-hmm. You're like this worrying about something in the past or you're worrying about something in the future. And that's huge for somebody who experienced really bad anxiety in the summer mm-hmm. to be able to think back on that experience yeah. and not feel triggered by that. That's huge. Like that might seem subtle to somebody who has never had anxiety or panic, but like, I know how big that is. And anybody listening will know how huge that is. Cause usually you just said get more stressed and anxious and worried, right? Yeah. Yep. And it affected her ability to make money. It affected her intimate relationships. I mean, these are not small things. These are the quality. This is makes up the quality of our life. It affected how much alcohol she was drinking. Um, That's another thing I just wanted to mention. If you um, like to drink alcohol, you can easily pair it with microdosing. No problem. And it's often a really great addition to social occasions where you'll eat one and just have one drink and be totally satisfied for the evening. It's a really great way to kind of just change your relationship to substances. I love that. Okay. So are there any contraindications, like any medications or, um, and obviously this is not just so everybody knows, this is like always check if you're on medications, like make sure you're doing the due diligence and the research, but is there, or, you know, talking to a practitioner that you're working with or your healthcare provider, um, but are there any contraindications to medications um, or other supplements? And really what I'm especially curious about is, can you take these at the same time as SSRIs and to help you weaned off? Because I'm reading that the answer is yes. (laughs) And I'd love to just kind of chat about that a little bit. For sure. Generally, especially microdosing level, no, there are not meta um, pharmaceutical medication contraindications. So to be clear, um, a micro would be under two hundred. A microdose would be under two hundred. Yeah, two fifty or less. I would say, okay. yeah, for for most people, yeah. Okay. Um, the as I mentioned earlier, SSRIs and SNRIs, certain categories of antidepressants um, can block the effect of psilocybin. I just want to state that. The other thing is, I just want to make this really clear. <clears throat> People who are prone genetically um, or predisposed behaviorally to um, a schizophrenia or severely disassociative disorders, uh, again, I'm not a doctor, but my personal kind of opinion is that they should tread extremely carefully with psychedelics. I would not recommend any kind of psychedelic, large psychedelic experience for them. Yeah, I, I would agree wouldn't. with that as well. And I'm not yeah. a doctor. There's I am... just a propensity towards, yeah. you know, more extreme disassociative mental yeah. health con- conditions. Um, I would be extremely cautious. I recently, we have that on our website and somebody actually messaged me and said that his grandmother was schizophrenic. Um, he was in his thirties and he had not experienced any symptoms and he wanted to try microdosing. Um, and he said that he did. And
and there was no negative impact from that. But I told him what just what I told you that I would be exceptionally cautious in that regard. There's a really excellent pharmacist. Um, his Instagram and his website are called the Spirit Pharmacist, and he has a very comprehensive list of every single drug interaction with almost every single psychedelic and street drug that exists. So MDMA, cocaine, it's incredible. He's an incredible person. And he actually offers this really interesting monthly subscription um, to his services where you can just contact him about any question you have at any time. Like it's really, really, he's a really interesting guy. Oh, wow. That is such a good resource. Thank you so much for sharing that. I highly recommend that for anyone that has really specific questions. um, Also just like if you have anxiety, you overthink everything that you're taking, (laughs) right? Like literally everything, like magnesium. You're like, oh my God can I take this? Yeah. And like everybody yes. should be on it, but you get in your head about yes. it. Right. So that's a, an amazing yes, exactly. resource. He's incredible. I really recommend it. And his Instagram account especially has a lot of free resources um, as well. So if people are on there. Um, okay. And then weaning off SSRIs or antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication or barbiturates or <laughs> any of those. All the things. Perfect. So this is obviously a super important topic. Um, and I was actually just going to mentioned the most important thing that I tell people, which is that it's really critical that you not suddenly stop any kind of medication, particularly antidepressants. Um, It's just really, really critical not to do that. When can microdosing be used to wean off other medications? Um, Yes, it can definitely be used to support that. So the way that I suggest doing that is obviously dependent on the type of medication that you're using. Um, if you are consuming antidepressants, or even if you have in the past, I would suggest a protocol like this as an example. So let's say for two weeks, you might microdose a few times a week, and you would just eat the regular medication as you would normally. And then maybe after two weeks of feeling okay about doing that, you're comfortable with it. Maybe just one day, you would not eat the antidepressant medication and you would eat a microdose. And you might try that for one week or two weeks and see how that goes, you know? And then just slowly you would start weaning off in whatever way your doctor and you had discussed ideally. Um, So you would continue the wean off as, you know, a lowering doses potentially or less often depending what type of medication. And then you would just start to substitute some of those days for microdosing until you were essentially more microdosing than medication and eventually just microdosing in theory. Um, But the way that you would know, the reason that you would do that very slowly is so that you could prevent any sudden mood changes, particularly around antidepressants. And with anti-anxiety medication, I really antidepressant and anti-anxiety medication may be a long-term solution for a small minority of people, but for most people, they're not a long-term permanent solution. So Ativan and things like that are really good in emergency situations where there is real overwhelm and panic. Um, but in a kind of more sustainable way, I think that microdosing, um, and so those can still be very valuable. Um, But I think microdosing can really take the place of kind of more long-term medication use for many people and help them make a more gentle transition emotionally and psychologically away from using those. Because I think that there, when you're taking medication for a long time and it has helped you, there is 
a lot of worry and concern about stopping that thing that has helped you. There can be a lot of fear about that, about what it's going to be like, about who you'll be afterwards, about your functionality levels. So it's really just about phasing things in a way where there isn't really any drastic changes and you can always um, backpedal or make an adjustment as needed as you kind of see how it goes. Yeah, it acts as a security blanket for a lot of people. I myself was on medication for four years. I was on the highest daily dose of Prozac and abusing my Ativan prescription. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I, I have done a lot of research into how to support the body so that we can transition off antidepressants like an SSRI, for example, um, with the least amount of withdrawal symptoms. And I'm just fascinated mm -hmm. by the role that psilocybin can play in this because there's, well, there's many things that have, I, that I have come across in my research. Some things very specific to this conversation mm -hmm. is within four weeks mm -hmm. of taking an SSRI, if you try to transition off after four weeks, you could experience withdrawal symptoms. Like that's how kind of fast acting it is and how powerful it is like on the body. Wow. And most people, it takes months for them to even find their appropriate dose and their appropriate medication. So most people are surpassing this four yeah. weeks because they're not getting yeah. the results that they need in four weeks or that they're looking for. Number two, um, and I follow like a functional uh, psychiatrist. I really follow her work. And um, she talks a lot about how most medical doctors and who 75% of prescriptions are usually prescribed not by psychiatrists, but by like GPs or your family doctor or yeah, even doctors like in the emergency much. room. And they don't have the same level of education as a psychiatrist does around prescribing these medications and if the medication is even necessary. Um, and so she talks about how if your prescribing physician is not a psychiatrist, they very likely don't actually know how to transition people off because you have to go very slow and you almost, depending on how high your prescription was, you might even have to get the prescription compounded because like, let's say the lowest dose is like five milligrams or something. You might actually need to yeah. get it compounded to three, to four, to two, to yeah. one. And so what I'm curious about, and I, I don't think that you have the answer, but what I'm starting to see with this potential with microdosing, it's very hard for people to get their medication compounded lower than the smallest dose. Yeah. Unless they're working with a practitioner a who knows how to do that. Yeah. A lot of resistance exactly. from the doctors, not even the yeah. people. Like I have clients who've cut their pills up into tiny, tiny pieces with pill cutters because they're trying to do it themselves. And so where my curiosity really lies is I wonder if psilocybin can be really helpful for that last little bit where like you've gotten it down to like the smallest dose you could possibly get as a prescription, but you're not quite ready to kind of, and from what you're saying, it sounds like you could even um, do that, that sooner, right? But where I see a lot of people yeah. get stuck is they get as low as they can go and then they can't yeah. get off that last bit. And they're on like 10 milligrams or five milligrams and they can't seem to get off of it, even though they want to get off of it, either for yeah. like psychological reasons, because they feel like they need it because it is that safety blanket and it gives them a lot of safety and security, which is important. Or two, because every time they try, they just get those withdrawal reactions, no matter what they do. Mm -hmm. 
It's, I agree with what you're saying. The feedback that I've heard is very mirrors exactly that. And I think it's so critical. That's why it's so important to build up these other, this kind of container of skills to hold us in, you know, with the habits, the exercise, the minerals, like just that hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just dulling feelings doesn't work long-term. Unfortunately, it's not enough to just, you know, it's fine for people to say, I don't want to deal with this, or I'm not ready to face it or like process it, or that's totally fine. Um, but just eating medication isn't really enough to keep those kind of thoughts and feelings at bay. Eventually they do sort of bubble up in that way. And there's really um, not that many things that can, there's really nothing that's going to do it singularly. It's really the container of combined yeah. things that helps. So yeah. when people are trying to make that final step away, I think it's super important to have those sort of things to go to and things to um create that container for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm even just looking at like heel, for example, with the ashwagandha, it's stacked with reishi and ashwagandha, which are two like amazing. Well, one's a mushroom reishi and then ashwagandha is an adaptogenic herb. Those are amazing for like stress and anxiety. Yeah. Well, so much I'm coming to realize and through school learning that so much anxiety depression, overwhelm, um, uh, like stomach issues, sleep issues are rooted in dysregulated nervous systems. And I'm sure you already know this. Um, so it really is about, um, kind of multifaceted approach. I would say the minerals, mm -hmm. the sweating, the sleeping. And why is your nervous system dysregulated? Together. Cause that's a symptom. That's not a root cause. It's correct. So like, is it because your stress hormones are high? Okay, why are your stress hormones high? Is it because you have a bacteria imbalance in your gut? You know, like you have to keep, I always say, be the annoying kid who asks why. You have to keep being like, well, why? Well, why? Well, why? Until you kind of can't go yeah. any further. Exactly. That's it, exactly. And for me, I, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize that when you get antibiotics at a, as a kid, if you're ill as a kid, if you have oh, surgery, yeah. if you're getting made these kinds of things, they dysregulate um, gut biosis or gut dysbiosis is caused by that in such yeah. a like chronic way that when you're in your forties and fifties, you're experiencing symptoms that were actually originating from infancy. Oh girl. I'm so happy you said this preaching to the choir. Like um, the gut will not bounce back on its own if it's not supported and nobody's teaching you how to support it. Like I used to be on antibiotics multiple times a year as a child. Same. Like I used to get strep yeah. throat all the time to the point Constantly. where like my, yeah, my, my parents begged my doctor to take out the tonsils. He didn't. And I'm so grateful for that now because, you know, now I, I haven't had strep throat since like 2016 and I used to get it chronically. Like I used to go to the hospital yeah. for it. And I used to get it when we were on vacation as a family, like always, you know? And I was on the, all of these antibiotics, not to mention the birth control pill. I had been on that for 10 years and that has an antibiotic effect on the gut. And mm -hmm. nobody's telling us, hey, you also need to support the gut. And it's about more than taking a probiotic. A probiotic's great. And if you're on antibiotics, definitely be taking one and take it away from the antibiotic. But there's more to the story. There's more to gut support. And I was having this conversation with someone the other day and she was like, it's hard to believe that... I'm still experiencing gut issues from the mm. fact that I was on this really intense antibiotic five years ago. And I'm like, that's 
1000% what is happening. I know it seems crazy because it's been five years, but that's what's happening because we didn't go in and rebuild the gut because we didn't know how. Yeah. Well, I just learned very recently that it takes a year for your gut to repopulate after one dose of antibiotics. Many people I know are eating three, four, five times a year. So there's zero return to baseline Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. And if, if somebody has like, I'm not the practitioner who's like, oh, you have to cut out gluten hundred percent. I believe in moderation. And, but if somebody eats gluten a lot in their diet, minimum six months for the gut to rebuild with like gluten being anything in severely inflammatory like yeah that. yeah inflammatory foods I think are vastly underestimated in, in chronic anxiety depression and mood um concerns I love vastly. that you as a therapist and you know I think this next generation of therapists because there is so much more information out there about the impact of diet and gut health and and all those things. I mean, the research has been around forever, but it's just making its way into the mainstream now where I have a bunch of friends who are therapists as well. And and they're having these conversations with their clients being like, Hey, you got to work with me, but you also have to look at your diet and you also have to look at all these other things. So I just get super excited when I hear people in your, in your field, speak in my language. Okay. I mean, we could sit here and talk forever and ever and ever. So we'll definitely have to do a part two. I know there's going to be lots of questions from my community and I'm excited, excited to start sharing about these products now that I've used them for months now. And I love them so much. I was going to say um, that I think my ideal dose is 150. So I'm going to mm-hmm. hit hundreds mm-hmm. and fifties next time. I have done some two hundreds a couple times and I have liked it, but I do feel it at 200. Yeah. Yeah. It's subtle, sure. But I do sure. feel it. And for more kind of the day-to-day thing, I like to yeah. not feel it, you know? For sure. Same substance, different doses, different activities, different purposes, different uses. You know, it's really interesting like that. There isn't an exact dose for an exact day or person. It's really, I would say intuitive dosing is kind of our most popular one rather than on a schedule. It's like, you know, how do I feel? What kind of time do I want to have? Is this, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I know that can be like really hard for people who struggle with anxiety, but that's what I encourage to like to be very intuitive when you're using it. Um, trust like that, you know, what's best. And even if you can't explain it and you're like, I just think that I want to do it, you know, today, or I want to do it every couple of days, like trust that because yeah, that really yeah. is like you starting to be in partnership with your body and, and just, yeah. even if it's yeah. subtle, just kind of go with it and start low and slow is usually my recommendation. Would you say the same? Yeah. Like, especially if you're nervous, you know, start with 50, 50 milligrams, which is your lowest, which is like super low. Um, yeah. and then you can go most up people from there. are who are nervous do fifties and they're like, I felt nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most nothing, common nothing. Yeah. <laughs> rea- the kind of pattern. Yeah, absolutely. And what you said is so important. It really is an opportunity to come into, to work on the relationship with yourself, you know, get to know yourself better in these different ways. Yeah. Which I, that's another reason I love this tool so much and, and this product so much and, and just microdosing in general, because really the core and essence of my work is to teach. I mean, I work primarily with women, but anybody really to learn how to read like the messages from their body and, and really live life kind of in partnership with their body. And I think 
microdosing and psilocybin is a really beautiful tool to start to teach you kind of how to connect more with, with yourself. So thank you so much for coming on. I loved this conversation. I hope it's been such a pleasure Tay. honestly. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really am so interested in what your community is going to think. And I really hope this is a tool that can work for them. Mm -hmm. And I will link everything, um, my, my code. So you can get a little discount. I'll link your website, your Instagram, um, that amazing, uh, spiritual pharmacist resource that you gave us. Yeah. The spirit pharmacist. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And if people do have further questions, like where they specifically maybe want to speak to you or your team, what would be the best way to kind of get in touch to have questions about the products? For sure. Yeah. You're always welcome to contact us through Instagram. That's probably fastest, or you're welcome to send an email to our work. And then I also offer one-on-one consultations that are just available on the site as well. Oh, amazing. So you can help someone find like their custom dose. Yeah, exactly. Or people might have different like lifestyle questions or a particular goal in mind. So yeah. Oh, that's always available. And we love to know what's going on for people (laughs) if they're working. Yeah. Amazing. Of course. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask you before you go. If you love today's episode, I would so appreciate if you left a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now. My goal with this podcast is to reach as many people as possible to spread awareness that anxiety is not this incurable disease. It's not something we just have to live with. It's definitely not just part of your personality. And there are body-based imbalances that need to be addressed in order to truly be free from chronic anxiety. With awareness comes action. And the more people this podcast can reach, the less people will struggle with anxiety. And positive reviews are the number one way to help new people discover the show. You are the best. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so, so, so much. One last thing, my legal medical disclaimer. The Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast with me, Taylor Jandro, is for general information and educational purposes only. And the advice and recommendations I give or my guests give throughout the episodes do not replace medical advice. The consumption of this podcast does not qualify as a practitioner-client relationship with me and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. Yes, I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. So please discuss any changes with your primary healthcare provider. Okay, that's it. Until the next episode, bye for now. Thank you.